Live. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to today's podcast, Education and Occupation, Episode 1. Um, my name is Allison. I'm currently an occupational therapist working in school-based practice, and I'm joined by my two colleagues, also occupational therapy practitioners, Kevin Berner and Mikkel Orpas-Tipris. Uh, today, we'll be having a discussion regarding a recent post from EdSurge, um, which is a listserv, and it provides independent information resources, and it also serves as a community for everyone involved in education technology. The post that I'm going to be focusing on was titled, How One District Redefined Teacher Evaluations with Self-Directed Growth Plans. The report on EdSurge was that it was set in a district in New Jersey called Harrington Park School District, and as a district, they were mindful of the statistic that more than 50% of teachers uh, would leave within three to five years due to poor teacher evaluations, feelings of isolation, and just a few opportunities to share um, expertise. Uh, after some reevaluation re and self-reflection, um, the New Jersey School District uh, developed um, what is now called a self-directed growth plan. And um, with this approach, it um, talked about teacher evaluation and school growth measurements, and it allowed, and this allowed for continue, continual state of growth and change that um, is effective that teachers wanted to gain. And this plan uh, was created in collaboration with teachers and administrators, and they really wanted to restructure the evaluation process and um, just really provide better support for teachers. Uh, the self-directed growth plan incorporated long-term observ long-term observation model. It was driven by research student data, and it was relied on, really relied on teacher collaboration. And the overall goal was to improve teaching and ultimately student growth. And um, so the discussion on EdSurge went on to provide information regarding um, kind of how the self-directed growth plan uh, progressed how there was fine-tuning that needed to happen, and it also provided benefits uh, for using the self-growth plan in other districts. So on reading this post, one of the first things that really came up to me um, was how uh, OT practitioners and how they're evaluated in their practice spending settings. And for me personally, I started as a contracted employee in school-based practice, and I have never been formally evaluated. I um, instead, I had paired myself with a mentor. I um, found a group of OTs um, in school-based practice and kind of discussed particular cases, and I sought out just education, continuing educational opportunities, and I felt this discussion that and this posting by should really caused me to reflect on um, my personal or professional practice and consider how OT practitioners are um, being supported in their individual practice. And so now I want to reach out to my colleagues. Um, Kevin, what did you find um, informative about this topic? Hi, Allison. Thanks for asking. So I, I've had a couple of jobs, and some of my jobs I had some pretty supportive supervisors and staff that, uh, that were mindful of my professional development. But my previous job was pretty similar to yours. I was a contract employee as well. And uh, there wasn't much investment in my professional development. When I was eventually hired on by the facility, 
um, there was a huge push by third-party payers, and uh, and although I expected to have a little more investment into my professional development, I didn't really experience it then either. Um, I know uh, some of my other colleagues feel the same way in some different environments, that there's a high push for productivity and not a lot of room for personal growth. Um, it was ironic that it was at my part-time job that I actually had a professional development growth plan. I was paired with a uh, faculty mentor, and I completed a formal annual professional development plan uh, where we looked at goals and uh, thought of uh, ways to uh, meet those goals and complement those goals. Um, I definitely agree with uh, your perspective, and I really liked um, the perspective of reading this article to see what they do in other areas and other um, environments, such as education. Great. Yeah, no, I um, I think uh, the fact that we had kind of experienced the same thing starting out is, um, uh, and having to kind of seek those opportunities is something that's telling, and we definitely need to kind of look into that in our profession and kind of seek opportunities to um, see how we can improve that. McCall, how about you? What was your evaluation of this information? Oh, McCall, one second. I don't think you're online. We can't quite hear you. One second while we try to get McCall back online. Hopefully there's a easy way to edit this podcast. <laughs> yes. Thank you for your patience. We are going to get McCall back online and get her insights shortly. Okay, McCall just wrote on our uh, other line that she's here and asked if we can hear us. She said she can hear us, but we can't hear her, which is an unfortunate way to run a podcast. (laughs) Um, Yes. Let's see here. Um, Maybe we'll have McCall type her responses and then we can uh, read it right so Just like the way they do it on the radio oh and here she is she did give me she has typed in that um that uh last week she um had oh, okay. a yearly evaluation at her workplace 
and um, she said the situation was um, kind of different from both of ours and that uh, she worked in a unit with um, an additional 30 OTs and they all had a varied level of uh, varied level experience level and they're also students. Uh, she said that she felt that there is a very wide support system both professionally and personally and they all meet weekly for two-hour sessions um, where they share cases, study or review materials, and there's even lectures. Um, they also have monthly meetings and additional setting of opportunities for um, personal and professional growth. Um, that sounds like a really supportive work environment. Um, yeah. I know she also described that in the article she liked how they explained the concept of the self-directed growth plan um, and how it's not to, to suggest a deficiency in the part of the professional. Um, it is really developed as an instrument through they can express their expectations for personal and professional growth with the with the district. Yeah, I I mean just mm-hmm. just reading about this wide support system, I'm envious. I I feel that she has um, that that support is what um, any professional needs. Any any professional needs just kind of coming in um, and just kind of needs throughout their professional experience. Um, and so I, it's very valuable to hear that that's going on, and it's definitely a model to mimic. Um, she also says that uh, she really believes in addressing uh, the teacher as a human, which I, I agree with as well, and um, also has um, an internal neutral need to grow. Um, and it's, um, yes, yeah, so she kind of mentioned that. Um, so great points, McCall. Um, thank you for sharing that. I, I, um, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she says you're welcome. <laughs> um, so uh, again, like just to reiterate these points, I think there's a lot of positive and inspiring information um, from this article, and I really think it could serve to encourage occupational therapy educators and practitioners really to be able to collaborate. Um, it's important that as OTs we share our expertise and um, even potentially try to follow this process of the self-directed growth plan. So for this posting, I found that the visibility and the language used was unclear, and I found that it was easy to access. Uh, typically on EdgeSurge, we get a list of postings, and this one kind of caught my eye, and I was able to click on the link and get further information from the link. Um, prior to clicking on the link, there was a brief introduction on the topic. So I found that very helpful to kind of see if I was interested in reading more or not. Um, Kevin, uh, do you have any additional thoughts to share, or did you have any problems um, accessing or understanding the information? Um, I didn't have any problems accessing the information. Um, having personally not read much in the realm of school system education theory and approaches, I found that this listserv and, and these blogs to be clear and easy to follow um, for someone who's outside of the industry and outside that area of specialty. Uh, so I've really kind of enjoyed um, having a breath of fresh air and a different perspective to look at. Great. I know I feel like in, with this assignment, getting an education school-based system uh, listserv was kind of awesome, at least on my end, because I, I am in that world of education, and I, I was still learning a lot from it. Um, McCall is typing on here and saying that uh, she uh, liked, she seemed to use the images um, uh, and it had large and bold font um, in the headlines, so she found that really um, helpful in terms of accessibility of information. 
Um, she mainly used the search box on the right, so that search box is helpful for her, and it also enabled her to kind of narrow down and focus on topics that she was interested in. And McCall, I didn't actually see the search box, but I think that would definitely be helpful, um, especially if you were looking um, somewhere in education, uh, a, you know, a specific topic in education that was interesting to you. Um, yeah. And then, so uh, again, just kind of on my personal reflections um, from our discussion today, I think that EdSearch has provided an effective way to really disseminate current information in education and technology. Um, I believe my clinical practice would, would benefit from a listserv uh, that targeted, I mean, again, for me personally, school-based school assessments, maybe interventions and education ideas. Um, currently, um, to even get something similar to a listserv, I'm using Facebook groups, and sometimes I'll use AOTA's OT connections to really gain some perspective from my fellow occupational therapists in the school setting. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think I would definitely benefit from a listserv. Um, Kevin, what are your thoughts on a listserv? Do you think we need one in our profession? Um, yeah, I think uh, listservs really do serve a, a, a good purpose. Um, because it does allow the uh, everyday practitioner to weigh in on, on their opinions and what they're doing in practice. It's not just um, famous authors um, that, that, that you can uh, read from and read about. It, it's really reading about the everyday person. Um, and, and definitely reading this EdSurge um, listserv um, highlighted the differences in culture between the educational environments and some of the other treatment environments that I've worked in, uh, definitely with the medical model and uh, with private health care and for-profit institutions, there is a different way um, of going about professional development and uh, and about almost uh, doing the right thing for the um, organization as a whole sometimes. And I, I do think I'm a little envious of the of some of the cultural aspects of uh, being an educational institution. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Um, hopefully, we can find something like this that could um, be beneficial to our profession. Absolutely. Um, McCall is typing in her responses, mm -hmm. and um, she is definitely thinking that there's benefits to listserv. Um, she believes in sharing knowledge, and that's really a great that the listserv is a great tool to do so. Oh, and she's sharing thoughts that in Israel, they have the Israel Society of OT website, and they are gradually uploading more and more information, and also it has a forum. Um, so very much like AOTA's um, uh, OT Connections, maybe. And though, and there is still a lot of communication that is done through Facebook, um, professional groups. Um, she did note that the listserv can encourage more practitioners to um, write and publish um, more freely um, and not really kind of be bounded by the AAPA formats um, and so on. Uh, she also um, thinks that they, they can set these Facebooks can be, um, the Facebook groups can be more organized um, and more formal. And she believes that this concept has great potential and it's going to, she's going to bring it up in the next ISOT committee meeting next month. So I think that's great. Uh, um, it looks like we all, um, the Israel uh, Israel Society of OT and um, AOTA, we all kind of definitely need to collaborate and maybe work on creating an international listserv that we can all kind of use and benefit from. So I agree with you there, McCall. And um, 
Yeah, I thank you for those ideas that are shared. So I believe we discussed some important things here today. Um, I'm grateful for both of you for joining me in this um, um, Education OT um, podcast, and it's our episode one. Um, and it was a pleasure again having both of you here. Thank you again for your time. Great, and Michal and I uh, thank you for having us, Allison. Great. Thank you, guys.